So a few announcements before the homily. Just a reminder that right after Mass, we'll head down to the Columbarium for our weekly Divine Mercy Chapter for our beloved dead. I hope you can join us. I know it's a little cold out there. It means we have just more to offer up, right? Um, Divine Mercy Chaplet with a little bit of suffering. Sounds pretty good for the poor souls. So I hope you can join us. Afterwards, the deacon and I will return to the church. I'll head to the confessional if you have need of that sacrament. The deacon will expose the blessed sacrament. We'll have adoration until 2.15. At that time, we'll have benediction. So I hope you can stay for a little bit of extra prayer as you're able. And then, of course, at 4 o'clock today, we have our daily briefing. So it's the only daily briefing for the week. So I have several updates to give to the parish. So I hope you can tune in, either live or later. It's available on Grace Lily. Reminder that tomorrow we do not have public mass. The church building is closed. It's a day for the staff to rest before we have another four-day celebration of the Mother of God. So Thursday and Friday, we're on holiday schedule. And then, of course, we enter into the weekend with our regular weekend schedule. So tomorrow... Don't come when the doors are locked. Real tears over here, right? Thursday and Friday, we're on the Holy Week schedule. This is all on our website, so please check so that you know when, when, what is happening, and you don't come on the wrong time or the wrong day. So, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So first I want to point out the Magi. They, of course, continue on their journey. So you know that they're on their way to see the Christ child. This Sunday, we'll celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany when they arrive. Incidentally, it's from Christmas Day, December 25th, until the historical traditional day of Epiphany, which is January 6th, which are the original 12 days of Christmas. If you've sung that hymn, which is so long and sometimes annoying, right? The 12 days of Christmas, that's what they're talking about. Right? Of course, Mother Church has moved Epiphany so longer on January 6th, that it's on the next Sunday after Holy Family. So that's why we're gonna celebrate it this Sunday, January 3rd. But again, the Magi are moving. They're on their way to see the Christ child. We know when they arrive, the Christ child is about a year and a half old. So imagine the faith and the persistence, the tenacity of these Magi. They heard of the newborn king. They were going to make sure they saw him. Because of this time of waiting, the birth of the child and the arrival of the Magi, Mother Church is very selective in terms of who we honor during this time, which is why today's feast on for the today's saint, Thomas Beckett, is very important. Why would the church allow for the honoring of this 12th century martyr during this time? The reason why she does this is because his life reflects some important lessons, lessons that we should take particularly to heart, lessons, incidentally, that as Americans, we have always treasured. And chief among them, the principle, is the freedom of religious liberty, of religious expression. We take that for granted as Americans, the vast majority of the countries today do not have religious freedom. In fact, in over 50 countries, due to Islamic extremism, if you were publicly declared the divinity of Jesus Christ, it's a capital offense, and you could be executed or imprisoned. We do not have religious liberty. Remember when God came, as Zechariah cries out in his hymn, God came in order to free us so that we might worship God without fear, holy and righteous all the days of his life, to free us. Today, the church and the feast of St. Thomas Becket exemplifies and emphasizes the utter importance of religious freedom, that a person can follow their conscience, that they can worship God however he or she may understand him. As Catholics, we have led the way in this. In fact, we developed the whole concept in the West of religious expression, even as we realize that some will exercise that in order not to follow Jesus Christ 
to not follow anything. And yet we understand that God has given free will and there should be expression of religious freedom. Let's look at the life of St. Thomas Beckett. So important for us. In general, that we understand the importance of religious freedom, but also because we have a dark four years coming as a church and we need to get ready. What can we learn about Thomas Beckett? Well, first, he wasn't born into wealth. His family had a small amount of wealth, but Thomas had to work hard and he was smart and he was industrious. And that's why he won the favor of certain people. And he began to just slowly move up the ranks in terms of British government, getting one after the other after the other, himself establishing quite a comfortable life, but because of his hard work. In fact, the King of England trusted Thomas on very sensitive foreign missions because Thomas was well-spoken, attentive. He had apparently a good sense of humor, which goes a long way. The Pope could trust him in terms of church matters. His king could trust him in terms of political matters. Well, it might shock us today, but in the 12th century, the church was intimately connected with government in, in England, so much so that one of the advancements had Thomas become Archbishop of Canterbury. He was still a celibate, not married, so he was eligible. He became Archbishop, everybody thought he was going to play the party line, favor the king. Remember, I told you the Pope could trust him. Once he became Archbishop, he realized as a point of integrity that his responsibility now was to argue for the church. He was to be the thorn in the side of the king in order to make sure that the, king, that the church was not treated as some type of puppet. And he did just that. So much so that there was constant tension between the king and this new archbishop. To the point that on one occasion, the king cried out, will anyone please rid me of this burdensome cleric? Someone please just get rid of this guy. Well, certain courtiers who wanted to win favor took him at face value. They found Thomas Beckett while he was celebrating mass, the cathedral, and they executed him. And he died a martyr. Not simply a martyr of religious freedom, but a martyr for our faith, a martyr of the altar. This is why he is so revered. Later, in the 16th century, St. Thomas More, whose story is very and shockingly similar to Thomas Beckett's, Thomas More will actually go and pray at the shrine of Thomas Beckett, asking him for his strength. This is an example of one of our fellow believers, an older brother, who took the faith seriously, was willing to speak and use his natural talents in order to defend the church. It's important lessons for us. Why? Because we are wimps. Right? We have become so soft. We are willing to compromise so much. If we truly believe, I pray that we do, that Jesus Christ has given us the most powerful message ever given to humanity. I pray that we will be unshakable, immovable, uncompromising in our defense and explanation sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ and in the rights of the church. Of course, some of us believe that. Some of you, I know, voted for someone who is now going to suffer and persecute the church for the next four years. That on top of the fact that he supports the utter slaughter of the unborn. What have you done? What have you done to your church? Look at and watch as our religious sisters will be dragged through the courts. As contraception will be set to be imposed upon them. Watch how our hospitals disappear because we will not follow government dictates. 
Watch how our support of unwed mothers disappears because of constant and irreasonable, unreasonable regulations. Watch as Mother Church shrinks. Watch how she is treated by this government, this coming administration. And those of you who voted for such an administration, bear the responsibility of what you have done because we are in for it, folks, and they're already getting ready. Have you seen the appointees? Some of the most aggressive, anti-Catholic, anti-organized religion leaders in their various states. And this is what we're in for. To the righteous, to those of us who believe, also get ready. Because we're going to have a very difficult next four years. Where we will be able to exemplify the virtues and the fortitude of St. Thomas Becket. Will we be able to speak the truth even as they try to silence us, right? It's interesting, whenever Christians just want to share their views, suddenly tolerance disappears. Have you noticed that? The tolerant become very intolerant when it's a Christian. When we want to argue for natural marriage, the personhood of the unborn, authentic religious liberty, suddenly we are the ones who are told to shut up. Never forget, dear friends, and the wise, I pray you know this in spiritual wisdom, the wise know that evil talks about tolerance until it's in control, and then it suppresses and destroys tolerance. That's what happens. And get ready, because if you've missed that lesson, somehow in the midst of Soviet communism and Nazism before it, and the communism in the various parts of our world, just look at Venezuela, if you somehow missed that, how? Have you been living under a rock? If you somehow missed that, don't worry, you will have quite a show for the next four years in the United States of America. This is where we are, dear friends. It has often been said, that we have two religions in one institution. And my goodness, is that becoming so clear? As some have no care about the work of the church or authentic religious liberty or the authentic expression of the Christian faith, which, by the way, built the West, one of these days we'll realize as the West completely implodes that the reason why it imploded is because the very principles upon which it was founded were the principles that were denied. You cannot remove the founding principles of a society and think that that society will continue on. That's ridiculous. That's foolishness. But there are some who believe that. Meanwhile, the righteous, and we will be in the minority, the righteous, we will suffer. And it's going to be a glorious suffering because with every suffering, God will just be endowing his church with more grace. And it will be precisely our sufferings that will inspire other believers, the lukewarm perhaps, to themselves find true faith, or perhaps those who have no faith, to begin to ask what's different about these people, why are they so vocal? And they begin to ask questions to perhaps come into the faith. Today Thomas Beckett stands as a providential figure for us of what we are called to do. Some of you should be utterly ashamed of yourselves for what you have done. And the fact that there has been nothing spoken from our bishops themselves, they will bear the responsibility of that on Judgment Day because they have allowed their mother, their mother? Who mistreats their mother, huh? They have allowed Mother Church to be dragged through the streets, mistreated and beaten 
and treat it as a whore. They will bear the, bear the consequences of that. Those who bear the sacred chrism on their hands as the ordained, and they have remained silent, they will bear consequences for that. Never forget the spiritual mystics tell us that the pavements of hell are paved with the skulls of bishops. I preach the truth. So those of you who are entrusted to my care, you know what we believe as Catholics. You know what the true religion calls for. And I want to make sure you know that. So please, God, you can be saved. And I want to make sure that I speak it, even if every one of you denies it. So when I stand before the judgment seat, I might hear those glorious words, well done, my good and faithful servant, because I did what was asked. None of you is worth hell, and the truth must be spoken. Speak it in your homes. Speak it in your neighborhoods. Speak it among your friends. If you lose your friends, they were never your friends, or it was a friendship based on falsity. It is now time for us to find our voice. It is once again important that we see the heroism of this martyr and find in our hearts the strength and the grace to speak the truth and to find that fortitude in ourselves. Never forget. And how can we forget? Look at this century that we have just come from. Never forget that the only thing evil needs to succeed is for good people to remain quiet. The only thing that evil needs to conquer is for holy people to remain quiet. So find your voice. Say a few prayers to St. Thomas Beckett and then begin to speak the truth. And if you need to repent, do so. And as we walk through these next four years, I pray that we find the strength to give a glorious witness to the power of what the church can be. Because our enemies, they think they're going to destroy us. We will be here until the Lord returns. But we have to suffer a little bit. We'll have to rely more on his grace. And we're going to keep saying yes. And we're going to take that grace. And every time they think they've knocked us down, we're going to turn back around and do even five more things more gloriously. So today we pray to St. Thomas Beckett and ask for his intercession. We pray for him to protect the church. We're going to lose so much. There's going to be such a time of darkness. But we are the children of light, and we're going to keep fighting. So pray to this holy saint today. And during this octave, remind ourselves, we each remind ourselves, that God became a man in order to give us the grace to bring about his kingdom, in order to have the grace in order to save our souls. So we ask for that grace. We ask for the intercession of this Holy One that we might give as strong a witness as he did to speak the truth always in season and out of season.